Well, we are starting the third part of uh, our lesson about the kingdom of heaven tonight. And uh, last week in our lesson, we discussed the type of heart that Jesus described as the wayside heart. And when I think of a wayside, I think of a heart that is like a beaten path. A path is beaten down and life beats us down sometimes over the years. And this heart can become so hard that the seeds of God's Word can't penetrate and do anything, can't, can't affect us. And we can either respond to life, and the, the heart that is hard from being trampled on by life, we can call it the wayside heart, the hard heart. Um, and so we can either respond life with pride and be hardened by what has happened to us, or we can humble ourselves before God and allow ourselves to be broken up and be broken ground so that the seed can actually grow in us, the seed being God's Word. And so the next heart that Jesus described from Matthew chapter 13 is the stony heart, and that's we're going we're gonna to pick up there tonight. Matthew chapter 13 verses 5 and 6, if you have your Bible. It says, um, Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, notice that, it says they had no root, they withered away, right? And so Jesus explained this parable in verses 20 and 21, uh, we won't read those right now, but as so you can reference to them, we'll just summarize what he said. He said, this person's heart, they hear the word, and it says the word, I'm just going to read a little bit of it, because it uses an interesting word, but he that receives the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon, with joy receives it. And so I thought that word is not a word that I use every day. Anon, A-N-O-N. But it says anon, or that word really means quickly or soon. So quickly they receive God's Word. Soon they receive God's Word. They hear it and they receive it with joy really quick, which seems like a good thing, which is a good thing. They're happy to hear about God's Word. But the problem is, since they have a heart that has no root in it, it only endures for a short time. And so when persecution comes along, or hard times come along, this person hasn't placed the Word deep inside of their lives, and soon they get offended, it says. And they just give up. They just can't handle the things of life, they can't handle persecution or, or somebody question, questioning their relationship with God. Or, and so they just, you know, they were happy about it at first, but they just kind of let it go. The Bible says there's no root, so the sun scorches the seed and the plant that comes up briefly, and that's it. And so what, as I was thinking of, it, uh, of this, what does it tell me? It tells me personally, at least in my thought process, is I need to know His Word. 
and I need to put my foundation in Jesus Christ. And we, need, we do that by knowing and understanding Scripture. And the thing about that, understanding Scripture, it's not like our instant gratification lifestyle we live. The world promotes instant gratification. And we, as believers in Jesus Christ, can buy into that. I know I've bought into that before. I want what I, I want, what I want, and I want it now, right? But understanding Scripture and making it a part of us, Jesus doesn't use a parable about nature and growing things for no reason. He uses it because when you plant something, it takes time for it to come to fruition, for fruit to be produced. It takes time. And so, getting a foundation in the Scripture and, and in the Lord takes time. It just doesn't happen overnight. And so if we have that mindset that everything's going to happen overnight, we're going to be greatly disappointed. So it doesn't matter if that we, we're excited about what we've heard about the Word. It soon will die in us because there's no root, there's no place for the seed to go to. So this heart has a, has a surface relationship with God and it won't last. It withers away. Continuing on the stony ground, on the, in the stony ground, there is some soil on top. So there is soil there. But as we said, there's no place for the seed or the Word of God to take root. There's no place for it to go. I don't know about you, but I like to hear about the good things of God. But do I want to dig deep and make real change. And I think this is appropriate for the Acts class, of course. It's appropriate for anybody in reality. I, I know this class is about alcohol and chemical treatment and how do we handle and, and keep going. And, but it, this, this, God's Word is for anybody. And, and this lesson is for everybody. God wants to work in our lives, but do we want real change? Do I really want change? And I, the, the term I read when I was reading a commentary, it used the word fallow ground. And I w was thinking about what is, what's fallow ground? What does that mean? And, and basically it means that it's ground that's not properly plowed up or the rocks haven't been broken up or has anybody, I'm sure you have, planted a garden either lately or when you're younger and I remember um, my dad we would he would till a garden there'd be a bunch of rocks and we'd have to go in and get all the rocks and throw them out and get rid of the rocks and, and so that takes time of course it takes effort and so that's what the ground the ground the stony ground it has to be broken up it has to be plowed and cultivated, I guess, is the word we should use. Stony ground's not cultivated. It hasn't been broken up. When you want God's Word to really grow in you, you will break up the ground. You will break up the ground. I will break up the ground. It's an act, I think, of 
preparing yourself for God to grow in you. Um, I don't know if you ever have seen the movie. This brings up a thought about a movie called um, Facing the Giants. You've seen it? I recommend you watching that movie. It's, it's a great movie. It's a sports movie, but it's a Christian sports movie about a football team. And one thing I remember from, from that movie is there, there's the coach. They were having a losing season for years. And he was, I want to give away the story, but he was having a hard time. Um, you probably don't because it was a rinky dinks movie. <laughs> but in in that story, there was a guy praying for the school that God would send a revival to the school. But anyhow, he was talking to the coach, the guy that was praying a lot. He was one of the teachers, and he told the guy, the coach, a story. He said there were two farmers, and they both needed rain. For their field and one went ahead and plowed the field and the other just didn't do anything because it wasn't raining he said who do you think God sent rain to it was the one that plowed right and, and that really spoke to me and I mean I think it really applies to what we're talking about tonight we're, we do things in advance expecting God to put his seed in us and allow it to grow in us he wants us to have expectation. He wants us to have faith in Him and trust in Him and hope in Him. And so us breaking up the ground of our hearts, I, I believe it's telling God, God, I know that you can work in me, and I, I, know, I know you can, and I really want you to. And I think God sees that. I know God sees. He sees everything. And He sees our action. He sees our faith. And so um, we need to be the ones that break the ground up. It's an act of preparing yourself for God to grow in us. A person with a stony heart doesn't take the time to prepare themselves, do they? They don't take the time to prepare themselves. I like to feel God's presence. I like to hear a good sermon. I like to hear something interesting. But I don't really want to change. That's, that's that person. I think that... In my mind, that describes that kind of heart. I like to feel it. I like to hear something good, but I don't want to make take the effort to change. And so that's the person with the stony heart. And then next, uh, Jesus tells the story of the one, of the person's heart that is thorns. And it says in Matthew thirteen seven, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up. And choked them, it says in Matthew 13, 7. Jesus explained this part of the story in verse 22. You hear the word, it says, but the cares of this world and seeking after things and money, seeking after things to satisfy, chokes the word out, chokes the word out. And then no fruit is produced. If your main concern is about who, what, where, and when, but God is an afterthought, you'll never be fruitful in the kingdom. If all you're th focusing on is other things, you're not going to be fruitful in His kingdom. Uh, just because you attend church doesn't mean you will be fruitful. Just, just because we come to Acts class. I think it's, it says a lot when we're here, 
when we don't have to be. I mean, we don't have to be at church either. Nobody's forcing us to do that. But some of us come out, all of us, I like to say, at times I come out of tradition, I come out of habit. But we need to be coming to God's house out of desire to, and I, I've thought about that before. We call it, why do we call it church service? And it's because we come to serve God. We're serving Him. And that's why we should be come, coming to the house of the Lord. Um, but moving on. Um, just because you attend doesn't mean that you're going to be a fruitful person. The question is, what's important to you? The thorny ground, interesting enough, as I was studying, is actually plowed ground. It's actually been plowed at one time. But it wasn't properly cleared. Um, I, got, I was reading the Adam Clark commentary. He was from back... Usually I, t I look at Matthew Henry. I like him. Um, but Adam Clark was, I think, from back in the 1500s or 1600s really old commentary, and he, he talked about this scripture. Um, and he said that thorny ground is plowed, but it's not properly cleared. <clears throat> you prepare your heart to have something planted, right? And when, we pl when we're plowing and cultivating it, we're preparing our heart for, for something to be planted in it. But you not only allow God's word to be planted in, but other things are planted in you when you're thorny ground other thoughts, other philosophies, or cares of life are planted into our lives also. And your heart, which in Scripture is interchangeable with your mind, your heart, um, your thinking, your soul, they're kind of interchangeable, gets overcrowded with weeds and they take over. And, and this is true if you... And I'm talking to people that I know have experience. If you either planted flowers or vegetables, and I don't know how many times I started off with good motivation to have a nice garden, but got busy, <laughs> got busy with life, busy with things that are going on, and the weeds take over. And, uh, and it's amazing how the weeds just can devour and choke out the plants. All right, no, they don't even need water. <laughs> so you're you're not only allowing God's word to be planted, but other things. The thing is, we have to continue to cultivate. We cultivate started a cultivation, but it's a continuation of the cultivation by pulling the weeds, and it's really if it's if you want to do do well, it's a daily activity pulling those weeds, not allowing other things to overcrowd our minds. And it's really difficult in the day and age that we live in uh, to not let things overcrowd our heads and minds. Um, and when we do that, we're limiting and a lot of times choking out the verses that in the great sermon that we heard on Sunday. By the time it's Tuesday, your focus is not there any longer. Um, so we have to continually pull those weeds. Adam Clark quoted some person named Terence. I'm guessing it's an old philosopher or something. But he said this, So many cares hinder me, which draw my mind different ways. I'll say that again. So many cares hinder me, 
which draw my mind in different ways. So my mind is basically everywhere. Is that called schizophrenic or something? <laughs> you just you're everywhere. I don't know if that's the right term or not, but <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> but it brought me back to the thinking of our our study on the word meditation. What meditation really is, and meditation is, as Joshua one eight said, you what you think about, what you talk about, and speak about, and how you obey God's Word, remember it's God's Word, we're talking about God's Word, that meditation on it is the actual cultivation. It's because we're throwing in more of the Word, we're just focusing on the Word and trying to root out the things that we shouldn't be thinking about. Um, again, again, in Philippians 4.8, just comes to my mind, think on these things, things are lovely and good, of good report, virtuous, there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. And so it takes our effort to not be the stony ground. And so it's interesting how Jesus, when I started thinking about this, he first talked about the, the ground that was hard, the wayside, the trampled ground. And then he talked about, after the trampled ground, he talked about the stony ground, so hard soil, and then, and then there's stony soil, but there's a little bit of dirt there. Then he proceeds to talk about soil that's actually been cultivated a little bit, but it's not taken care of correctly. And so it's, it's interesting how he just went from one level to another, where we can see ourselves in those three different types of soil. And at different times in life, I think, sometimes the good ground is when we are actually trying to cultivate ourselves, right, and allowing God to do a work. Um, and so, getting to my notes here, the thorny ground, you actually care enough to break up the ground so that God can plant His Word in you, but you also soak up other seeds or weeds or thorns. And eventually, God's Word is forgotten. And so, that brings us to where we all want to be which is the good ground. This is where not only I want to be, but I know that's where God wants us to be as well. And so Matthew 13.8 says, But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. One hundred, multiplication, times the seed, sixty times the seed, and thirty. Good ground. It's well plowed. It's deep. And the weeds are kept out. The stones are pulled out. This person hears about God's Word. Hears God's Word, but they go to the next step and they actually do something about it. That's in verse 8. Verse 9 says, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And we talked about in between right after that, and we won't go back into it, it talks about why some people hear and don't do anything about it, or some people see, but they don't have sight, or they, they have knowledge, but they don't understand, and basically it's because where's your heart, what's your passion, is it about God, or is it about yourself or other things? 
And, and so Jesus is saying, is there anybody around that has ears that can hear what I'm saying right now? If they do, listen up. Because I want to do something in your life. He that hath an ear, let him hear. And then, then I thought right away of James 1.22. It says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Do you see? And that's funny. It says this at the end of that verse, James 1.22. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. It says, deceiving your own selves. It doesn't even take Satan to deceive us or somebody else to deceive us. We're fooling ourselves. If we think, if I think, I can just hear a good sermon or read a chapter and just go on my merry way, but don't do anything about it, I'm deceiving myself. I'm tricking myself. Why would I want to sabotage myself? But when I don't put God's Word into action, when I don't apply it to my life, I'm deceiving myself. So I think it's interesting that he said that. And then verse 25, skipping 23 and 24, it says, A doer will be blessed in his deed. He's going to be blessed. He's going to be fruitful. Right? So, if we do God's Word, if we apply God's Word, He promises. It's a promise right there that you will be fruitful. You will be blessed in your deed. And in your, what is a deed? Is a, de- is a deed beyond a thought? A deed is taking action, isn't it? It's actually doing something about it. And God said, He didn't say, I'm going to bless you for you know, hearing my Scriptures. But I'm going to bless you for putting into action. When you put it into action, when you're a doer of the Word, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be fruitful. You're going to be fruitful. And we can pull in the law of sowing and reaping. I believe that's in the story of the sowing and reapings in Galatians. I don't have the reference. But we can pull that into this. What you sow, you're going to reap. The actions you take with the Word you have heard have natural consequences. And the natural consequences of allowing God's Word to be planted in us and us us keep on cultivating and trying to grow is fruitfulness. There's a natural... it's, It's a universal truth, right? If you plant something and you take care of it, God's going to give the increase. That's another verse. You know, it's, Paul said, I, mm-hmm. I believe he said, uh, I planted, Apollos watered, or the other way around, but God gave the increase. God, if we do our part, God will make us fruitful. And I think that's awesome. It's, it's a promise. If we do our part, God will take care of the rest. And so there's natural consequences to either... Either way, I mean, if, if we don't cultivate our hearts, the seeds of sin, the seeds of pain, the seeds of hate will have consequences too. And so if we're wondering, why am I so mad at people? Why am I always so frustrated? Maybe it's because we're allowed, and we don't have to cultivate it. Weeds just take off and produce and there's 
consequences to that. And I, I really, I, I, don't, I don't need any bad consequences. I don't need that in my life. But if I want to change, if I want something different in my life, I am going to have to do something about it. I'm going to have to cultivate the Word. I have to be a doer of the Word. Good ground produces good fruit when there is good seed planted. And, and just to briefly touch upon the 160 and 30 fold, there are degrees of fruitfulness. So we can be fruitful, but there's different degrees of fruitfulness according to the Scripture. Meaning, we all can grow in God, but for some reason, some may grow more or be more fruitful than others. I don't know if it's because, and this is, I'm just thinking out loud, I don't know if it's because mm-hmm. some pay more attention to keeping their hearts. You know, there's some gardeners that are better than others. If that's the reason why or, or, or what it is. But there are different degrees, it says. Am I keeping my heart ready for, grow, for growth? Am I doing as much as I can to grow in the Lord? And almost done with our lesson tonight. Um, but Adam Clark said this about these verses. Let it be farther observed that the unfruitfulness of the different lands was not owing to bad seed. It was not because of the bad seed or unskillful sowers. Because we know that the seed is God's Word and the sower is God, right? That's Mm -hmm. not what it's fault. It's not the seed or the sower. The same sower sows the same seed in all of us and with the same gracious design. But it is unfruitful in many because they are careless. Mm -hmm. I think that's truthful. So true. Careless, inattentive, and worldly minded. That's why the seed isn't growing like we sometimes hope. It's because we're careless about God. How can we handle the truth? If we... I mean, that, that should convict me, and it should convict us. we got this awesome Word of God right here. And how am I handling the Word of Truth? I think there's a, a Scripture that talks about that. If somebody wants to look that one up for us while we're finishing up. The Scripture, it says how we handle the Word of Truth. I believe that's a Scripture. Am I handling God's Word carelessly? Am I inattentive or not really paying attention? Or am I, do I have a worldly mind, a mind that's carnal, that is focusing on my flesh and my desires, my passions? What am I passionate about? And in reality, what this is saying is that we are responsible for our own growth. You can't blame life circumstances on God. You can't blame, and I can't blame the fact that I'm not where I would like to be in the Lord, on Him. He desires to bless us all. But the truth is, to what extent am I willing to sacrifice? Am I willing to be humble before Him and change my ways, be convicted, repent, so that I can be blessed by God? That's the question. The truth is, I am responsible. God is sowing the seed of the Word of Truth into our lives. He's doing it out of love. He wants us all to grow. 
but are we creating hearts that are good ground for him?